I'm a big fan of live theater and live music, and as we all know, the pandemic has not been particularly kind to the performing arts. So for this week's episode, we wanted to highlight one Questbridge alum who took the road a little less traveled by pursuing both the arts and education post-graduation, and to see how she's been faring during COVID-19. Questbridge alum Ariella Nazar Rosen chats with our host, Matt Wood, about what has empowered her to become an actor and educator after graduating from Wellesley College in 2016. Though her acting roles in live theater have taken a pause right now, Ariella continues to find new ways to engage, using her background in theater to educate young people and help them find their voice. She shares what has inspired her passion in both these fields and how important her family, her community, and her teachers have been in fostering and growing these passions. The Quest Continues highlights stories of our Questbridge alumni, where they come from, what they're going through, and where they might be going next. I'm Grace Sun, and I'm happy to share Ariella's career journey with you. Hello, hello, and welcome back, everyone, and Quest scholars and friends of the program. Thank you for tuning in. We're back for another amazing session with our QuestBridge podcast, and this time we are coming from the arts. We have a guest here, Ariella, that's going to help us talk about what it means to engage with an education in the arts. And so I want to open the floor. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. I wish it were sunnier here where I am, but I really can't (laughs) complain. (laughs) Awesome. And where is that? I am currently in Rockland County, which is a suburb of Manhattan, but typically I live in New York City. Awesome. The Big Apple. I know that's ground zero when it comes to all the art scene here in the U.S., or at least a part of it, right? So we have a little thing here before we jump into our heavier questions. If you had one superpower, what would it be? I would say I would love to be able to speak and understand all languages. Ooh, good one. Universal translator, solid. Okay, so jumping right in here, would you mind us telling us a little bit more about what you do, what you like about the work that you do, and what you don't like so much about the work that you do? Yeah, so I'm an actor and also an educator. So most recently on the education front, I've developed a course with the overlap of uh, improvisation and public speaking. And what I love about both acting and teaching, working with young people, is that they're both fields grounded in, you know, working with people and collaboration. And you're constantly in those spaces of being able to be in conversation and, and learn and work with other people. And, you know, each class, each rehearsal, each moment is different. And I really find such joy in that. The thing that I like the least right now in this current moment is that we're not able to share that space and feed off of each other's energy and, and be in the room together. So I, I definitely miss that. Awesome. That's, and that's so important. When, would you mind double tapping a little bit into that? So we're talking about the engagements. I think everyone in our community and Quest community is, is facing COVID in, in their own right, in their own conditions and their professions. Would you describe a little bit more how you feel like the arts community is engaging with COVID, um, how people are coming through with each other, and just overall what the industry is doing? Yeah, you know, in terms of with the the contact that people are able to have in the arts, I think 
film and TV right now, the production is opening up. Shows are, you know, coming back to film in New York. Some things have been um, in production in LA. So there is kind of, you know, a movement there. But theater, which is really my true love, I think, is pretty much shut down. You know, there were a few companies that got approval from equity from the theater union to have productions over the summer. But those productions were solo shows, one person shows. It's this person, the actor and the director. And, you know, but it's not the same experience as being really with the cast and having that that full audience and being able to share that space and and not so much of what I love of being a performer is when you're on stage and you kind of feel the collective breath of tension or you know this the outpour of laughter in a moment that you know is really joyous and and I I, I definitely miss that and I I think that that's really it's hitting theater hard not not being able to have this space where people can really congregate and share these stories and be open to different perspectives. And, and I think that really is such a power of theater. And I, re- I really miss that. That engagement, right? That, that how the feedback with the storytelling, that is so, so powerful. And so going into our next question, kind of how did you first start engaging with this art form or with this teaching? Um, with your family or your education, what you studied? How did you get your kind of your first tea sunk into this? So both my kind of passion for education and for theater were cultivated at very and supported at very young ages. So with education, I really remember and I have pictures of me holding up books and reading to my stuffed animals and playing teacher with my neighbor. Yeah, I had that little easel and I would like come up with different worksheets. I would make different math problems and like give them to my my poor neighbor who would then do them, you know. And then when I got a little bit older, I was participating in shows in school. And then I participated in some community theater productions. And my family and my parents were always there and always, you know, cheering me on and excited to see me. And so, you know, they, they supported me in, in those things, which was I'm very grateful for. That's beautiful. You had your little crew or tribe behind you in that and so as you made kind of your progression post Wellesley and how um, you made that entry into New York, how is it that you started making these decisions? Who was helping you, guide you? Did you have any mentors? What was that process like? Yeah, you know, I would say that I, in terms of mentors, it really was professionally the the educators that really supported and fostered these passions in me and you know backtracking a little bit to when I was in high school I remember being in my AP literature class in 11th grade and my English teacher we we read Song of Solomon by Toni Morrison which yes she made me fall in love with that book and I, I just adore Toni Morrison you know I really saw that the, the power of a good teacher to invigorate that passion in you. And so, you know, from that point, I was really like, wow, education is something that I can see myself doing. And then moving to Wellesley and, and being in an academic space and having professors who really 
you know, again, foster those passions and were just so supportive and approachable. And theater, really, it was a close-knit. It was a small department. So, you know, the door was always open. And even when I moved to New York, you know, my professors were just a phone call away. I would call them up if I had questions or I was like, I don't know what to do about this or, you know, wanting their advice on things. I mean, it was Nora and Marta are just, those are my, you know, professors, directors, and they're just fantastic. So So having those educators as well as, you know, my community of family friends has just been invaluable. So pivotal, so pivotal. I think that many people in the Quest community, and we discussed this on a few of our episodes, whether it was the guidance counselor or the teacher, or honestly, someone who was in, in, in the staff that helped them, you know, we all have that one story or multiple that helped got us to where we're here. I'm a little curious, and we haven't really gotten into this in many places, of what the city means to your career. And we know New York is such an, a, it's an expansive city, it's an important city, it's an expensive city, right? Um, I'm curious how that process of moving to New York after graduation and what those challenges may have been like or what it provided you in terms of opportunities, because I think a lot of Quest scholars are balancing this act right now of what they want to do, but in what context. So would you mind talking a little bit more about how that process was moving to New York City? So right after I graduated Wellesley, I was a part of City Year. So I served with the AmeriCorps program City Year in a sheltered English immersion academy in a public high school in Boston, which is also why I I have experience working with immigrant and refugee students. So that's also why my superpower would be speaking multiple languages. I'd love to be able to know all the languages in the world. So after City Year, I, I loved it and just loved being in the classroom and working with young people and just seeing their incredible sense of growth and, and creativity. And, you know, but I found myself really missing the theatrical component of, of myself and of my identity. And so then I, you know, decided to stay in Boston for another year and, and engage more with the theater community. And, you know, Wellesley also has a professional company attached to it which was, you know, hugely important in my growth as an artist. And, you know, when I was an undergrad, being able to work on professional productions and work with actors who were, you know, in actors equity in the union and having a stage manager who were, who was, you know, making sure that our contracts were set and that we were abiding by rules of equity and and really seeing like, oh, wow, people do this. You know, this is a thing that people decide to do. And so all that to say that, you know, that year in Boston after I finished City Year, I was really thinking, you know, I love this and I love this community, but I, I think I want something a little bit bigger just in terms of geography and, and the number of theaters and the work that's being developed. So I decided to move to New York. And, you know, my parents, I, I'm from, a, you know, the suburb of New York where I am now, Rockland County. And so I also, you know, being closer to home was was definitely um, an appeal. And, and I've always dreamed of living in New York. I just think the energy of the city is so unlike any other place in the world. You know, in terms of theater, I think New York is so unique in that there's a huge community and, and market of, of work that's being developed, you know, plays that are being written. And that's really of interest to me of seeing the, the art form or the play as really a living, breathing thing. I, I was a part of a reading at a regional company um, in upstate New York. You know, it was so exciting for me, you know, after we finished the reading, we kind of opened it up. Uh, we had a Q&A with the audience. And, you know, the playwright was there and, you know, the playwright was taking notes based on the audience's questions and comments about our characters and things like that. And, you know, then the playwright was going to use that information and change the play because, you know, it really is like you want your play to be as accessible 
to the audience. I mean, that's who it's there for. And I think that is really exciting to me. And that is also, you know, was a huge draw for me in, in moving to New York. Powerful. That is so powerful. That that intoxicating energy that is so beautiful that that city is becoming part of your community, part of your fuel for your passion. On the word of passion, what are the things that are driving your decision making moving forward? What are the things that are kind of fueling you? And what are the things that maybe you're fearful, uh, both within education and the arts, as we think about your next career trajectory? So I think in terms of passion, I, you know, I've, I've kind of alluded to this before, but I really do have such a love of community of working with people, especially working with young people and seeing, you know, the creativity and, and this, you know, collab collaborative spirit and energy. And, um, I took this course, this education course, my first year at Wellesley, um, education 215, understanding and improving schools. Um, and we talked about this idea of humanizing education. So this idea that really each student has a unique and meaningful voice and that that voice matters. And so for me, and what I find exciting, you know, about being an educator and what I really keep take to heart, you know, um, when I'm in educational spaces and working with young people is this idea of really trying to highlight that voice in them and encouraging that, that creativity. And, you know, I I think, I, I mean, I've been doing a lot of research on social emotional learning and looking at some, you know, information from the Aspen Institute and, and how they talk about, you know, the, the job market right now, you know, companies are so used to seeing schools really kind of encouraging these analytical skills and critical thinking skills, which are very valuable, but there's been a shift in the job market towards these relationship skills or these communication skills and leadership skills. And theater is at the heart of that. And and so I find it so exciting and, and I really try and encourage my students to recognize the, the power of their voice and the uniqueness of their voice and how they can connect with each other and collaborate and learn and communicate. And you know, I, I especially think right now in this current moment that we're in, students should know that that they have the power to be advocates, to be activists. And, and I, I really, I think that that's so essential. So that goes back to like my passion and what I love about working with young people of really fostering and, and seeing that creativity and enthusiasm in them firsthand. And I would say in terms of fear, you know, going and, and pursuing theater is is something that is not always a, a common path. And I think it's one that I, I, I entered with some trepidation, you know, and um, I knew that it, it's, you know, there's of course a lot of re- rejection. It's not kind of this straightforward path of like, okay, this is what you do and you're going to get this role and then you're going to go here and do this. And so, but for me, there is always this fear of, you know, I don't want to get to a point in my life and look back and, and have this regret of like, I, I wish I didn't, I wish I had done this. I wish I had, I had gone for it. I still remember having this conversation with my grandmother, my babcha in Poland. You know, she said to me, she's like, Ariella, you know, education is something that you can really always go to. I mean, she was a teacher and she loved it. And she was like, you know, you have such a passion. You can, you can always do that. But theater, I mean, that is so unique and that's something that it's it's hard but it's so worth pursuing if you love it and that really you know stuck with me and and my parents too i mean I, I really wouldn't be doing what i'm doing if they didn't support me in the way that they did you know i i remember the day of my graduation at wellesley you know my parents said to me they said you know ariella you graduated college and that's really what we wanted from you 
And now you have your whole life ahead of you and, and you can really fill it in the way that you want to fill it in, do with it what you will, you know? And that was so empowering to me. You know, I, I grew up and I used to think that, you know, I would have one job for the rest of my life. I'd finish college and then I'd do my job forever. But, you know, I, I think that we do have these power, the, the power to explore different passions and, you know, to, to go for things. And of course, you know, during this time, and um, it is hard, especially in the arts, you know, because like we were talking about before with theater, you know, productions aren't happening. Broadway has been suspended until January and at least, you know, 2021. But I think, you know, I, I found ways on the theater front, like I have a play reading group that I do with friends and being able to kind of tune into some virtual readings, which has just been really, really great. And, you know, the programming that different theater companies are making has just been really exciting too. And seeing, you know, how can we reinvent these mediums that we're used Finding to? Finding new yeah, ways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We've hit so much on that last part there, talking about amplifying voices, what voices can mean um, in institutions. And I think circling back to the point of that, I would interpret emotional intelligence, that we're bringing those soft skills that are necessary to be walking in tandem with our quantitative skills, uh, because we need leaders, conscious leaders in these institutions. Um, and it takes so many people to make these organizations work. And I think the arts and education are at the core of that. And then just one, you know, curiosity question for myself, what would be kind of the, the dream platform or production or role for you? Yeah, you know, it's funny because I feel like I listened to an, to an interview with, with an actress who I really like, Marin Ireland, and she was, someone asked her this question. She was like, you know, I don't want to say because what if it hasn't been written yet? And so I'm, I'm borrowing this answer a little bit because what, what's, what I was saying before about New York being this um, kind of home of developing theater of new work, that to me is, I, I like I said, I find that really exciting. And so I think that's the kind of work that I'd like to be a part of. So theater that maybe, you know, is coming out of this moment that we're in, this political, social climate, which, you know, it's not, it's not just a moment. This is real. I mean, we're, we're hoping for some systematic change here, but I think that there's so much opportunity for art to reflect that. And I went to this other conference led by Black artists, and, and they were talking about how culture sets the example of what our political sphere can look like. You know, things that are happening in culture then often happen first before there's political change. And I think the arts play a huge role in that. And so how can we change the art form or bring in more stories that we haven't been hearing about? And and so that's exciting to me. So to shorten answer is like, I, I am interested in, in this, the new work that will especially come out of this time that we're in right now. That is that's such a beautiful statement, because I think this idea that you have to already fit within a frame is almost becoming more antiquated because there are roles, there are professions and geographies that we do not even know yet. Um, and so to think about maybe how do I want to adapt and grow myself and then have fit into that role. And I think that's a powerful optic instead of thinking about how we can, let's say, fit all the pegs into, into one square, one hole there. Okay, so as we are wrapping up here, we want to kind of pass the baton back into the QuestBridge community. What would you tell your senior yourself or your early career self? Um, or maybe you're taking that first arts class and you're like, I don't know if this is something I really want to invest in. What is something that you would want to relay to the QuestBridge community? First of all, I, I do want to say I really, I mean, 
QuestBridge, I think just being a part of the QuestBridge community has been hugely influential in, in my own development as, you know, a, you know, professionally, but also personally, because I mean, in thinking about the people that helped get me to where I am, I mean, I wouldn't have been able to attend a school like Wellesley if it wasn't for QuestBridge and kind of them planting the seed in my head of like, hey, look at these schools that maybe don't seem as affordable, but you can get there. Um, and so that was, you know, the connection through QuestBridge was huge. And and so I think going going back to your question, I would say, you know, what I would tell my younger self or someone, you know, starting off would be this idea. I, I was listening to this podcast from this actress I also really like, Darcy Carden, and she said, your timeline is your timeline. And that's something that's really stuck with me, this idea of, you know, we're all going to do things, we're, we're all going to be on our own journey, you know, and I think, you know, it's so easy to kind of look left, look right, see what everyone else is doing, what your friends, your your colleagues, peers, but everyone's journey is, is going to look different, you know, and, and I think that there's a, there's a power in that and there's an excitement in that. And, you know, I think it's so important to really make sure that you're doing the things that energize you, that excite you. And, you know, not just to kind of turn to what, you know, a lot of times is seen as a stereotypical idea of success. And that's something that I I really kind of fight against and try and work against internally of, you know, because I know, you know, especially as an artist now, I mean, it's hard in this in this moment of, of the pandemic of not being able to do that. I have these moments of like, oh, gosh, what's going on? What am I doing? You know, I, I try and remind myself, this is my journey. This is kind of the timeline that I'm on. And, you know, I've loved being able to then channel, you know, my love of the arts and theater with education and working with young people and public speaking. And, and so that's just been huge. So all that to say that I just think things work out the way that they're supposed to. And, and this idea of everyone is on their own journey and to really embrace that and go all in in that sense. About what I love it because it says that we're redefining narratives and this community is so about that. We are redefining pathways um, for opportunities that many of our families never had. And I think everything that you've said here today has just reverberated and echoed that. Um, so I want to thank you hardheartedly from the QuestBridge community for your time and allowing us to get these optics from such an artistic and creative lens. And then we want to thank you so much again for your time. And we look forward to touching base with you all in our next episodes as well. Thank you so much, Matt. It was so wonderful speaking with you. You made this so enjoyable and wonderful. So huge shout out and gratitude to you. The Quest Continues is a production of QuestBridge, a nonprofit organization that connects top students from low-income backgrounds with opportunities at outstanding colleges and universities. A big thanks to Matt Wood for conducting this interview and Ariella for her positive energy and her perspectives on the arts and education fields. I know many like me are hoping for a return to live performing arts and we wish you a lot of luck. If you would like to learn more about QuestBridge, please visit us at questbridge.org. If you would like to give us feedback about this podcast, or if you are interested in contacting Ariella directly, please email us at alumni at questbridge.org. Thanks. We hope you join us next time for The Quest Continues.